0: Coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host
1: Barbara Gahn Mueller.
0: This is Barbara Gon Mueller and you're watching peacepodcast.org. As you know, we are interviewing people who have made a difference on our planet, people of peace, people of energy, and people who want to see this world created for all of us, a world that will work in every single way. Now, today I'm going to interview somebody who is a pioneer. As you know, we are interviewing people in the month of March. This is International Women's Month, and I am trying to find women who have been pioneers, women who were trailblazers, and there are so many. This morning, I started watching a Google report by Sylvia Whitlock and our new pioneer woman, Jennifer Jones, who will be president of the Rotary International, Sylvia Whitlock can you tell me how excited you are about Sylvia about Sylvia and about Jennifer Jones? How excited are you?
1: I am so excited about Jennifer. Not because she's a woman and going to be president, but because she's such a good Rotarian. And it was just time for her to be able to carry that leadership into Rotary. She, she is superwoman. She is a superwoman.
0: And you know, you brought up my first question. A lot of people watching these peacepodcast.org are not aware of what Rotary is. What is Rotary to you? And what is Rotary International? Even though it's 116 years old, a lot of people still don't know what Rotary is.
1: I know, and I didn't know either when I was invited to join. Rotary International is an organization of men and women who are interested (laughs) and serving their communities. And it doesn't matter whether the community is in their town, in their city, in their state, in their country, or in the world. They respond to the needs of people with service projects that, hey, clean water, food, health care, a good environment. All of those things that people need to be, hey, Human beings living in a state of not just comfort,
0: but yeah, dignity and health. You know, uh, the reason I selected Sylvia to start our month is because Sylvia, brave Sylvia, was one of the first Rotarian women, and she was put in the asked to join the Duarte Rotary Club. Why? Because she was an important educator. And the Rotary has a history of putting people first who are in positions that can influence others, professional positions. But I think we're changing. I think we all belong to belong, want to belong to Rotary. But if it wouldn't have been for Miss Sylvia Whitlock, the lady you are looking at right now, I would not be a Rotarian because I'm a woman. Early on, way back when in the 80s, women couldn't join Rotary. Tell me your story, Sylvia, inspire us.
1: Okay. I was inspired. Uh, I went to work in this little town called Duarte. Uh, Duarte is right now, maybe 10 miles east of about Pasadena, where the Rose Parade comes from. Mm -hmm. And I went to work in that community as a school principal. There were other women principals in that community. I was just one of them. And principals usually are interested about how the community is faring because you're going to work with the children of that community. So you want to make sure that the community has what it needs to help those children. So I went into my superintendent's office and I said, can you tell me about our community and what I need to know about the families here so that we can serve their children well? And he said, oh, we have a great community here, and you don't need to worry about anything because we have a Rotary Club here and it takes care of the community. And I thought to myself, so what is Rotary? (laughs) I had never heard of Rotary before. I knew about Kiwanis, and I love to tell this this story. Uh, You guys know what Kiwanis means? It means waiting to get into Rotary. I knew about honest, but I knew about Sooptimus, I knew about Elks, I knew about lions, I was a school person, lions take care of eyeglasses for children in school, I knew, but I didn't know anything about Rotary, but my superintendent, you know, told me, well, that Rotary Club was having a problem, well, he said, you're going to be asked to join Rotary, but there are no women in Rotary. I thought, okay, we're going to do this, Uh it's okay, if this is the boss, he says we're going to join Rotary, we're going to join Rotary. Mary Lou Elliott, who was another um, uh, principal, had already been invited to join Rotary. And so I did what my superintendent wanted, I joined Rotary. But let's tell you what happened. When... The superintendent went to the district governor first to find out if he could invite women to join Rolary, and the district governor said, hey, I think it's a good idea, Dick, but I tell you what, when you send their names into international to register them, don't use their full names. Just use S. Whitlock. It could be Stephen Whitlock, M. Elliott, it could be Michael Elliott. Uh, nobody will know. Well." You no, know, that didn't pass the full weight test. No. <laughs> it was really a design doctor. But we joined Rotary and we got involved doing everything Rotary did. I mean, you know, we, we are in Lent House. Pretty soon we're going to be having Easter. And I mean, we, you know, we got Easter Bunny for the kids, Easter, you know, and we did Christmas with Santa Claus at Christmas time and so on. Rotary is a service organization, isn't it? Yes, it is. And we meet and we care about the children and the community as well as the parents. So we were doing all the things that we needed to do. But we were also getting ready to celebrate the 25th anniversary of that Rotary Club. And so what International does when clubs have these Kinds of celebrations is they send a representative to help you celebrate, and so they came to Dwari to celebrate with us. And at that celebration, they introduced the women members of the club. And the Rotarian people from Evanston said, "We don't have women in Rotary," and we thought this club does mm-hmm. well. They were obviously not, they were concerned about it. But they stayed for the rest of the party and they went back to Evanston. And immediately, oh, probably by return post, Evanston sent us a note saying three things. They wanted us to know three things. Number one, there are no women in Rotary. Number two, you need to ask the women leave. Number three, if you don't ask them to leave, stop calling yourself a Rotary Club. Wow. Well, I mean, they didn't mince any words, you know, and and we looked around it. And I can remember Bill Brooks saying, you know, we're not going to ask the women to leave. They're doing all the work here in the club. So we asked if we could appeal to the board of directors. And we were told can't appeal to the board of directors unless you're a real rotary club. And of course, with the women and it, we're not real. Well, okay. So we thought, well, we'll appeal to the council legislation because anybody can talk to the council. And so we did. But the issue was, when the issue came up on the council legislation, it was not whether women should be admitted to rotary, but it was whether the Doherty Rotary Club had violated Rotary's bylaws by inviting women. And of course we have. Well, the vote was 1,000 to 34, (laughs) you know, which put women down. Interesting, 34 people thought, doesn't matter what the issue is, women should be in Rotary. I met one of those people when the uh, convention was in Calgary. I was on a train riding into the convention center and I was sitting across from a gentleman and his wife And I said, uh, he said to me, Duarte, you know how you read each other's tags? He said, Duarte, isn't that the club that invited women to Rotaway? I said, yeah, here I am. Uh He said, said, I was at that council, and I voted to have women in Rotaway because I always thought they should be there. And his wife, who was sitting quietly next to him, just looked up and said, I didn't think so then, and I don't think so now. And I was shocked. I said, why? And she said, because we have our husbands going out to Rotary meetings at night, and the idea that they're meeting with women, we don't know what's, and I said, you know what? It's a service club. It's not a social club. It's all okay, but she was not. Well, we went on to the convention, and Rotary International decided that they would take the charter of our club. Of Duarte, when we refused, and Duarte? Oh, yeah. When we refused to ask the women to leave, they decided they would take the charter of the club because... We what leave. years
0: are we talking about, Sylvia? Are we about, talking about, about
1: 1976. Seventy-six? And so we decided, we decided that's okay. You can take the charter of the club. I mean, they actually came to a coffee shop where we met and took the charter. We had to turn it in. And we decided okay, we'll continue to meet. We'll just call ourselves the ex Rotary Club of Barley. Oh, we I love it. I pin. Love that pin. Yeah. The we became X-rotary. the ex Rotary Club oh, of Bali, And we continued to meet. We continued to meet. But then we thought, what do we do? And remember, this was a, this was a move that was decided to gain members for Rotary. It's really interesting because Rotary's motto is service about self. Service was what our club was interested in. The more people who could perform service, the better. Well, there were people at International who were more interested in self. And what they felt about having women in Rotary, it didn't matter what they could bring to Rotary. And so they were not concerned. So we thought in a neighboring club in Arcadia, in the Arcadia Club, one of the Rotarians who was an attorney said, I think we can take this to court. Let me know when I'm going to of go time. We can take this to court. And so we gave Rotary notice that we were going to take this to uh, the court in California. And of course, they said, well, you can't take this to court in California because all the board of directors members are not Californians. This needs to go to federal court. But the reason they wanted it to go to federal court was because there had been an issue in New York uh, concerning membership in private clubs that had gone to federal court and the federal court had ruled in their favor. So they wanted to piggyback on that. but. The federal court, in its wisdom, said, no, it needs to go to the Superior Court of California. And so we took it to the Superior Court. And it didn't take long for the Superior Court to issue an order that said, Rotary can choose whom it wishes to be members. What a historical moment. So we sat up because that was a a shock for us. And we thought, oh, no, we're not going to buy into this. And our attorney, Sanford Smith, said, We're going to to appeal this. We'll appeal this to the appellate court. And he did his homework. And he found out that in California, as in many states, there are laws that prohibit this kind of discrimination in public accommodations. And the roadway was a public accommodation. The classification system and the fact that at that time, probably 80% of the Rotarians had their dues paid by their employers. It was a public accommodation. And so he went to the California Appellate Court arguing the case of public accommodation. And the court immediately overturned the Superior Court's ruling. So they said, no, women have to be admitted into votary. And so, of course, that was the year that I was coming in as president. You know, I had some of my time, I was coming in as president in votary. And so, you know, I was. I was at a PETS meeting and I heard the district governor say it's been overturned by the uh, appellate court but we're going to appeal this to the United States Supreme Court. First of all, before they said that, they asked the California Supreme Court if they would take the case after the appellate court and the California Supreme Court refused. They said, no, we agree with the appellate court. So by the time I got to Pitts, they said, we're going to appeal this to the United States Supreme Court. And I thought, that can't be possible. Women in a service club? Why would the Supreme Court want to hear this issue? The Supreme Court wanted to hear it because it was a civil rights issue, civil rights of women, and the court was interested in that. So, you know, he talked about our club and he said, hey, It's just a little club making a big noise. It's kind of the mouse that roared. Here's our mouse (laughs) that roared. I went back to uh, Rotary from Pets and we made a new banner called the ex-Rotary Club of Duarte, the mouse that roared. (laughs) And you have to know that we were the mouse that roared. We were the ex-rotary club for 11 years. It took 11 years for this stuff to go through all the courts. So, you know, you know I went back and I was a good Rotarian. I did everything that dignified Rotarians with integrity to do. And so we waited through the system. Well, of course, the, superior, the Supreme Court did take the case. They did take the case and it took maybe four months for them to make a ruling on the case. And what was their rule? What was their mandate? The mandate that got all women into Rotary. And what would Rotary
0: be today without women?
1: I know, what would Rotary be today without women? The court found that considering the size the purpose, the selectivity, and the exclusivity of Rotary's membership. The relationship among the club's members was not of the intimate or private variety that warranted First Amendment protection, which was what Rotary was appealing for, First Amendment protection. So listen to what, listen to what uh, Justice Powell said, because this was a huge huge uh, statement. He argued that many of Rotary's activities including their meetings, are conducted in the presence of strangers and because women members would not prevent the club from carrying out its purposes, there was no violation of associational rights. Furthermore, he said, and this is huge, furthermore, even if there were a slight encroachment on the rights of Rotarians to associate, that minimal infringement would be justified since it serves the state's compelling interest in ending sexual discrimination, gender discrimination. And there it was. And now the decision doesn't come. All USA clubs. And of course, it was two years later before the Council of Legislation voted. After Frank Devlin uh, made a really inspiring speech to them, they voted to accept uh, women in Rotary. But you know, it was 14 years till the Rotarian even printed something about women in lottery. And at that time, they sent a photographer out to interview me. And I was, yeah, I was in the centerfold. But guess what? I was wearing a black turtleneck because that's what they told me to wear. And so there I was in the centerfold, fully clothed. But they did talk and they did have some information. Well, I'm going to go back a bit because you talked
0: about PETS, P-E-T-S, that's President's Elect Training. Yeah, and I'm on that committee right now. That's where
1: I was just before I came here.
0: Right. And that's where I was because I am the president of the Rotary E-Club of World Peace, which yes. we started after 2016's World Peace Conference. That's one of the the... Most wonderful things I can say. And in 1988, now in 1988, we were allowed, women were allowed in.
1: That's right. It was 1986.
0: Yeah. Because I remember my lawyer, I had opened up my Hollywood office for my public relations business. And my lawyer said, do you want to be a Rotarian? I said, I sure do, but I'm a woman. And he said, we can now allow women in Rotary. Yeah. And so would you believe I was allowed in Rotary of Hollywood and I was so honored. But I said to my lawyer, Max, I said, Max, I'm going to come to the first meeting and I'm going to ask these men if they want a woman, because I certainly don't want to have my time wasted with them talking behind my back. I have to be a full Rotarian. I want to be of service. He said, okay, come. So I went to the first meeting and there were lots of movie stars, lots of men there and men, men, men. And I said, okay, man, I'm Barbara gunn Mueller. I live in Santa <laughs> Barbara. I have a public relations office. I'm on Vine and whatever in Hollywood. And I want to know, do you want a woman in here? And they all said, yes, we do. And hey. I, thought, <laughs> I thought, this is a Sylvia Whitlock moment. Now, Sylvia, I'm going to tell you something I came up with. I'm wearing my Paul Harris fellow pin because yes. I just did a talk in Row and. Wrote, and Rotary of Moscow, and I said, Paul Harris Fellow is a universal message that Paul started our Rotary 116 years ago, and so if you're a Fellow, that means you're living the Rotary Code of Service and the Code of Conduct, which is sharing our skills and our wealth of knowledge with others. Okay, then I came up with this idea. We need a Sylvia Whitlock badge, just like the Paul Harris badge. We don't have one honoring a first woman who had the guts to go to the Supreme Court eventually, who had the guts to hang in there for 11 years. So I'm going to propose a Sylvia Whitlock pin. Now you have that ex-rotary. I love that one.
1: There's a Sylvia Whitlock award. It's, uh, it's for people who promote women in Rotary, whether you're a man or a woman or whatever. benefit Jennifer Jones uh, created that. She and did? This, yes, the Sylvia Whitlock Leadership Award. And it's been given to maybe three or four people now. In fact, she was actually the recipient of one. We gave her one because, you know, she has really worked at promoting women in Rotary. Uh, Carolyn Jones received one. I received one. And let's see, there was someone in Australia who also you see. Carolyn Jones is the most.
0: but f- she's on. She's been on my Peace Podcast. You'll have to listen to Carolyn Jones. She's a pioneer, Alaska. also living yes. in Alaska.
1: Yeah, she was a trust, first trustee.
0: Oh my god! The one of the first women trustees in Rotary International. Now we're
1: going to have our first woman president. And you know what? It's interesting that. She was the first trustee, and she was a black woman. She's not easily identified as a black woman. I was the first person, and I was a black woman. It's kind of nice in this DEI time to look back at that. In fact, one of the questions I was asked right after women were allowed to be in Rotary was, now that you have women in Rotary, I guess the next thing you can do is have women in Rotary. I said, actually, we did both of them with one
0: You know, you're such a fighter. What, what is that that makes you feel so strongly about your position in this
1: world? What is it? Motivate other my grandmother, My grandmother raised me like that. She didn't, she didn't believe. She didn't know anything about service, about self, but she served everyone, and she didn't think there was anything that I couldn't do. You know, grandmothers are really
0: important, Sylvia. My grandmothers believed in me like you wouldn't believe, and they were always there for me. And they were always encouraging me, my grandfather too. And I guess it's because they realized, you know, that these are precious beings that are born to them and and they don't have to earn a living to support them. They get to enjoy us. And then they get to motivate us and make us peacemakers or whatever. Your grandmother must've
1: been really strong. She was strong and she was boy. I can remember, we used to, I grew up in Jamaica, where we used to have, winter would come to, our little, our little neighborhood maybe twice a week. So you'd have to get out there at six, six o'clock in the morning and stand online line to get meat. Uh-huh. And my grandmother would go out there and get me to the whole neighborhood. I mean, I can't remember. <laughs> you know, she, was, she was an amazing woman.
0: Ah, God bless her and thank her. Thank you, Grandma, for bringing Sylvia into this wealth of knowledge that we gained when women joined Rotary. Rotary was always there for professional people, and I think that's their whole purpose. That's why we have this Paul Harris Fellowship and the Paul Harris Medal. But I really think that Rotary has grown and expanded because of women. We have a different perspective on the things that need to be done. And we have
1: information on things that men alone don't have. Right. You know, a lot of healthcare, sanitation, and some of those issues. Mm-hmm. Hey, we know about that stuff. Mm-hmm. We also pay attention to detail in a way that a lot of men. It's, I mean, we, we, you know, this world was made with men and women because we need them together to make humanity work.
0: Boy, that's a fabulous statement for International Women's Month. I was thinking when I was writing yesterday about women and I was thinking what women bring to the world is a unique perspective and I think it's a good combination between male and female. I'm so glad that Rotary has strong men and strong women. And when I went to pets, because I did that right before COVID-19, I was lucky. I got to meet the international president, Holger, and he had this model that we could open the doors. In fact, I have his pin here, rotary opening doors. And, you know, we keep these pins. These pins yes. are important. You know, I look at these pins are about for rotary. You showed me your ex-rotary. You showed me the mouse that roared. But you know what I'm thinking? We need pins for peacemakers. Let's invent pins for peacemakers. They don't get a chance to have a pin. We don't even have a model of a, a monument to an unknown peacemaker, but we have one for the unknown warrior, right, Sylvia?
1: Um, you know, I, I hold. On. I'm waiting to meet him with my grandchildren. You know, my grandchildren speak German fluently. Uh huh. Because that's the only language there dad spoke to them when they were born and uh-huh. now they're fluent german speaking fluent spanish speaking and fluent english speaking they can get those a job little at kids, those little kids wow. speak three languages
0: and that's important because it is important our global we we have exactly
1: growth. exactly
0: and you know the united nations is also you can go they can work at the United Nations because they know three languages. That's one of the criteria because it's such a global organization.
1: I learned two languages when I was working at the United Nations because they have free language classes for their employees.
0: Tell me what you did at the United
1: Nations. I forgot that part of your history. I balanced technical assistance accounts for all the member nations. I knew how to count money in 102 different denominations. <laughs> Yeah, because I had to balance them. You had to balance all those accounts to the dollar, balance them all to the dollar. And that's what I did.
0: Well, this is no ordinary woman we're talking to. This is Sylvia Whitlock, who not only was the first woman to be a president of a Rotary Club, but also worked at the United Nations, our beloved global voice. And as you know, Sylvia, the United Nations is now celebrating its 76th anniversary, Rotary celebrating its 116th anniversary. These are institutions that should join together.
1: Yes, they should. They should. But but there there is. I think the Rotary is the only outside organization that we really is involved with uh, you know Yeah they have
0: permanent status have at the UN. Now we have 35,000 Rotary clubs around the world. Think about the mesh, the months of work that we can do together. So I've been working this is a little bit of a secret here but I've been working with the president elect mesh uh, a president um Shekar, and he really wants Rotary and um, the United Nations to work together. Yes. And I, and I heard him recently and he's really for peace. So with that, I'm gonna say I wanna thank all of you all of you, women and men, for honoring the women in your life during March in the month of the International Women's Month. And I want to thank Sylvia for being a pioneer, a gutsy woman, a woman who knew that there was no stopping her. If she needed to be an ex-Rotarian, that's all it's going to be, because I'm going to be a full Rotarian, and she was. And now I'm going to thank you, all of you, for watching. This is peacepodcast.org. I'm your host, Barbara gahn Mueller, And Sylvia, what last word would you like to say today?
1: Thank you, Barbara, for honoring me with this interview. It was, this was interesting. These are this is where my heart is. Mm-hmm. My heart is in the Rotary. My heart is in the United Nations. My heart is wherever people are. And her heart is sharing her story.
0: Share your stories. Tell the world what you have done. Let them know what your passion is. And someday we'll have a do we have a Sylvia Whitlock book yet, Sylvia?
1: We have that. a woman also woman it's not women also servants, women also serve. Isn't and that this weird. is the book about getting women in Rotary.
0: Oh, I am so delighted. I am so delighted. Sylvia, all I can say is, ma'am, do I thank you for what you've done for our planet and for the women of our world. Thank you, Sylvia.
1: And I thank Dick Key for inviting me to join Rotary. That has really created a purpose in my life that I didn't have before.
0: Rotary does give you that purpose. And with all of these Rotarians around the world, think of the magnitude and the energy we share. Bless you. And please join us each week for Peace Podcast. Invite your friends to watch Sylvia and have a conversation. Thanks, Sylvia.
1: Thank you, Barbara. Have a good one.
0: You too. Lots of love.